What's going on, quitters? It's another episode of Don't Quit Your Day Job. You know me. I am your host, as always, comedian Maxim Allen. Today is October 23rd, 2022. It's a beautiful, spooky weekend in Brooklyn. I got very drunk on Saturday, Friday night, and uh, it was good. A good fall party on the rooftop. Uh, very exciting stuff. Guys, uh, I want to start asking you to do something new at the top of the episode. Um, Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube. And two, if you like this interview, uh, go ahead and share it on your Instagram story. That would be really dope. I'm trying to reach more listeners. And if you like this, let people know about it. I don't know. But uh, speaking of things people like, guys, uh, I have a very special guest today. We have Pool Shark. <laughs> Drag newbie, comedian, WNBA fan. It's Tina Sieben. Those are all my credits. <laughs> all your credits. <laughs> Get booked on a comedy nice. show, Pool Shark in the Making. Yeah. 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 Nice. <laughs> I could probably make more money as a pool shark than as a comedian, to be honest. Whoa, that's scary yeah. to think about. Yeah. <laughs> and I could do it just by playing comedians. <laughs> Oh, totally. Yeah. Totally. Dude, you could go to a comedian birthday party every weekend and just pool shark there. Yep. <laughs> They're always at a bar that has a pool table. Mm -hmm. Someone, I feel like someone needs a, a comic birthday party that's like in a mini golf course. Like something like yeah. laser tag. Like something totally not just drinking, you yes. know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First person to do it is a legend. All right. <laughs> someone did bowling. Someone I wasn't did there, bowling? but I saw it. <laughs> That'd be a good one. That'd be good. Because also in bowling, usually laser tag. They kind of go together. Whoa. No. You think they go together? <laughs> They're usually in the same building. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, uh, I, my high school was next to a bowling alley. So we, okay. had, we had bowling class, which you could take as a oh, PE credit. Nice. But it was just like an old classic, like dingy bowling alley. So that's yeah. what I always think of. Nice. They closed down. Rest in peace, Western Bowl. Uh. <laughs> we miss you. What? Uh, so. We're here to talk about your comedy career today, not your pool sharking That's career, so exciting. which we can talk about later. But <laughs> uh, how long have you been doing stand up comedy? Uh, you know, when people ask me this, I give a different answer every time. Mm. I think I've been doing it off and on since I was like uh, 18. Wow. OK, now speaking yeah. of answers, you give different numbers to how old are you? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm 27 now, so almost 10 years off and on, though. OK, like in the beginning, I didn't do it. Very much. But the first time I did it was when, when I was 18. Okay, so what to do it at 18, you're probably into comedy when you're younger. What, when did you get into stand-up or comedy in general? When yeah, did that happen? Yeah, fair. I actually don't think I got into comedy until I was, like, 18, which so is kind of crazy. You, like, performed stand-up before you ever cared about comedy then? Yeah, for what? sure. No, I absolutely performed stand-up before I even really uh, watched anyone do it. I think I like saw a talent show where someone did stand up and I was like, that sucked. I could do way better. Nice. <laughs> and then I started watching other comedians and I was like, oh, this is how you do it. Mm. So was it literally a talent show performance? What, were the, what was the circumstances of your first time on stage? My first time on stage um, for stand up specifically? Yeah. Uh, I think it was like an open mic situation. Okay. Yeah. I think I went to like a random open mic in Minneapolis. Um, that's for sure not running anymore. Okay. It's probably like a cafe. Yeah. <laughs> there are probably like five people there. Mm -hmm. Are you from Minnesota? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Dope. 
Yeah. You know, Dobbs is from Minnesota too. Yeah, I did. Okay. Do you know what? So uh, David Dobbins did uh, the show that I run with Lucas, the like radio show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we talk about YouTube spirals. And he was like, does anybody here know what Kemp's milk is? And Lucas was like, no one knows what Kemp's milk is. And I was like, I do because it's a specifically Minnesota like dairy Mm, brand. Okay. So I did know. Nice. Yeah. I feel like every time I meet a Minnesotan, I have to like let them know. And I actually I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. David Dobbins is um when I first met David Dobbins and someone was like, he's from Minnesota, I was like, Yeah, he is. Totally. He's like totally. the stereotypical Minnesota boy in my yeah. mind. Yeah. He's he's on <laughs> and by that I mean he's on stage just like preaching. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed also there's like a flavor of uh Chicago dudes. Totally. Chicago guys. Like Yeah. I met you Eli, like Eli Ruffer, right? Yeah. Famed Chicago guy. We went to college together. You did? Yeah. Whoa. Were yeah. You- we did we did stand up together. No we were shit. in the same stand up group in college. Oh my god, I didn't yeah. know that. Okay, yeah. During Eli Ruffer's episode, he uh-huh. he he said he was convinced that he was amazing at stand up in college, and when he left, he was like, "I deserve to make it big." Basically, go back and listen; you can hear him say that in better words. But he was <laughs> like, he, he was sure he was big on it, and that's really it. funny because he's amazing. But yeah, yeah, great comedian, very cool. And that college was that in Minnesota or somewhere it was. Minneapolis? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Small and, town, actually, not small Minneapolis. Town. Midwest, very small. It turns out Midwest small. <laughs> <laughs> so you do it you go to an open mic somewhere in minneapolis you're just what fucking around when you're 18 you're just trying it out totally is this and b- before I was college so bad. uh this was pre-college mm-hmm. and then i auditioned in my freshman year for the stand-up group that eli okay. and i were in um and eli was in it and they rejected me the first year which i hold a grudge against eli for mm. and then i got in the second year <laughs> <laughs> damn okay so you Wow. Open mic before you even start college. I can't even imagine the shit I would say on stage. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what I said, but I mean, does anyone do their first open mic and it like look back years later and think like that was good? Because I think when you do it for the first time, you're like, I'm incredible. I th- some people do. I think uh, some people Sean, o- <laughs> Sean O'Connor basically said he started like really hot for a while. Like, Interesting. He, he, he just had like a lot of shit to say, apparently. And like, yeah, you know, he's very high energy. So it like right. works. But right. Well, I guess mid. I look back on my early stuff and I'm like, at the time it was really good because mm-hmm. I'm doing it to like college kids. And, right. Like, friends are all in the audience and like everyone's drunk. So mm-hmm. like I felt like I was incredible. And yeah. I look back on it now and I'm like. This is not great. <laughs> like, these aren't jokes, really. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's how I feel about the era I'm in now. Like, oh, nice. Me who started nice. out would have been like, yo, what is he? <laughs> You're in your cult era I'm where you only era. perform for like <laughs> <laughs> pre-vetted people. Yeah, I only perform at uh, parties that Alex Richards throws where all of my friends are and everyone's drunk and uh, I can kill every Best time. audience. Best audience, yeah. <laughs> I'm done with two virgins. I'm done with trying to get better. All I'm doing is performing to people that already like me now. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, so you're you you get to the stand up group. So what happens in that one year between open mic and stand up group? Are you watching stand up a lot? I start watching stand up. Mm. Yeah, I, I check out some Netflix specials. Um, uh, notably, I don't watch a single man. I do not watch any men. Whoa, okay. <laughs> I didn't even know men did stand up. <laughs> <laughs> 
So r- really though, so like back at this time, so what year is this? Like 2013 or 14? So ish? when I was 18, I would have been, yeah, 2014, 2015. Okay. So I'm trying to think of who was on Netflix that time. Cause around that time, me and my buds were like, Louis C.K. He's yeah. the best. Yeah. And this is why I'm so grateful. I never got into Louis C.K. Yeah. I think to this day, I've never seen one of his wow. specials. Yeah. I Very never got cool. into like, um, man, who else has been canceled in the meantime? Chris D- D'Elia? D'Elia? Chris yeah, Delia. Chris D'Elia. Never got into those guys. Never got into them. Not a Cosby head? Not a Cosby fan? I was fan. never a Cosby head. Who, but because I was so uh, out of pop culture around mm-hmm. that time. Really? I, I was, yeah, total nerd. So I was not like in pop culture, what kind <laughs> which of, I think ultimately saved me. <laughs> what kind of nerd are you? You have like kind of a vibe of maybe the Star Trek nerd. Interesting. I know it might be a stretch, but like, Whoa. if I had to guess what your parents are like, I'd be like Trekkies. That's so <laughs> fascinating. It's just a vibe. I don't know. What kind of? What I kind think of, you couldn't be more wrong. Really? <laughs> what kind of nerd are you? Um. Well, it at the time I was like the academic nerd. Oh, I, academic. I was like doing homework for like six hours a day after school, Damn. <laughs> and so I was not watching like TV. Everyone be like, let's watch Grey's Anatomy, and I'd be like, no, I gotta study for AP. <laughs> oh damn. Were you valedictorian? But, no, so but I was. nothing to show for it? Well, I was, like, top of the class. Top of the <laughs> and class. And now I look back and I'm like, that didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ultimately did nothing for me. And actually, I think I had to unlearn most of what I learned. <laughs> yeah. I I did AP my senior year. I took uh, calc, physics, and chemistry. At the, nice. like Just to, like, challenge myself because I really yeah. liked physics. I hated chemistry, but I was like, I should, do, I should know more about this. Yeah. And then I just didn't do homework for either and still did. Like I got threes on all the AP tests. That's a pass. It's a pass. That's it was pass. pretty good. And you then get college uh, credit for that? No, because uh, okay. we learned algebra-based <laughs> physics, which is useless, uh, and you had yeah. to score. And I'm an electrical engineer. Okay. So my like chemistry mostly doesn't matter at a lot of schools. And oh. then calculus, it's like I honestly talked that whole class. Yeah. And I just learned calculus by reverse engineering the homework from the solutions instead of listening. That's so, really funny. Do you know what I miss yeah. so much hmm. is in elementary school when you would do actually and through high school when the math homework, you could just look at the answer in the back of the book. Yeah, that was great. I miss that so <laughs> much. <laughs> well, also, they did that. They did that, they did that in college, too. Oh, in, nice. If for engineering, at least, because like yeah. if the answer isn't somewhere, you could get so off Fair. track. So Fair. it's but it's also like if you're not doing your homework in engineering school, you're kind of only cheating yourself as much as 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 corny as it is to say. Yeah, that, we but, get it. You're a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when, uh, do you remember? Did you ever have to do those when you were a kid where it's like the 100 problems sheets where it's like a bunch of multiplication problems you'd have to do? Oh, yeah. Did you ever do them timed? Yeah, yeah. We called those math masters. Math masters? <laughs> were you a math master? Yeah, it was like a full-on competition. Damn. Yeah, you got like medals. <laughs> Whoa, that's kind of cool, actually. Yeah, it was kind of sick. They would put like 100 kids in like cafeteria from all the like all different schools. Chose like eight kids from every school. And then like literally, <laughs> they would just set a one-minute timer and mm. you did the multiplication. <laughs> and whoever had like the best score at the end won. Whoa. And that was the day. <laughs> Did you, how, 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 how well did you do with that? Are you a I winner? Think I remember, I don't remember what places I actually took, but I remember placing a lot. <laughs> I was kind of like, I love to do math fast. Okay, nice. Yeah. Simple That's math. Sick. Simple math. Simple math, not yeah. hard math. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Simple math is actually ultimately just uh, memorizing. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's not that bad. Like yeah. literally with those at my school, the 100 math problem sheet, they had addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, right? 
it was the same sheet for every operation. That's so it was really like funny. every time you were given the division sheet, it was the same problems. So you could just nice. memorize the order. And once you do that like five times, you can just like, mm, like fill yeah. it out. So yeah. failure on their part. Yeah. Ultimately, were we being educated? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel like I was learning new math until I took Calc 2. That makes so much sense. Like that's when that's when I was like, oh, this is a thing that I have not thought about. Like, yeah. So. And I also love that Calc 2, half of it is just Calc 1. Yeah. It's just Calc 1, but they like go backwards. Yeah. And then Calc 3 is they spin in a circle. Really? I never made it to Calc 3. Oh, okay. Yeah, we had to do Calc 3 for like electromagnetics and stuff. Okay. But all it is is Calc 1 is derivatives and slopes, right? Yeah. Calc 2 is going backwards, so okay. integrating. Calc 3 is just multiple integrals. Interesting. So instead of like, oh, here's the area under the curve, it's like, here's the area under the curve. And then if you rotate it around the Z axis in 3D, here's what yeah. the area is. If you flip it over the X2 or that makes shit sense. like that. It made a lot of sense. Anyway, uh, I also did math competitions in high school. <laughs> okay, I got to get the backstory when a math competition is. <laughs> it, I, like we went to a local, like junior and, high, junior and senior year, I was in the math club where we just like do crazy math puzzles and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there was it was a competition at a local community college. So you'd bring a team from all the high schools. You'd sit down. You'd be in a group with your school. Oh, no, sorry. You'd be in a group of four people from your school. You could decide okay. your teams. They'd give you written uh, problems, which were all like insane word problems. So you had to like do a lot of deduction and like stuff, like a lot of complex geometry. Yeah. And then whoever had the best scores from the written exam Oh, they, they'd grade that. They'd make you do individual tests as well. And then at the end was the cool part was the actual competition where it's like four people on a panel and you all get a buzzer. There's a, hang on. There's a taboo buzzer on the shelf. You have a buzzer. <laughs> <That's> awesome. <laughs> but they would ask a question and then you'd have two teams and whoever hit their buzzer first would get to answer. And my, so fun. my junior year, I all, we almost won. We got like second place. It was, it was sick, but. I feel like I saw those in like Disney Channel TV shows and I was like, yeah, this would be so cool if this were real. It's a very Big Bang Theory type of activity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you think that shaped you into the person you are today? A hundred percent. That's awesome. A hundred percent. That's awesome. Like, it's also only now in my adulthood have I realized that I also want to be creative. I don't like. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like. In math and STEM and engineering is something I was always curious about and loved knowing. And now that I know it and I have the job in it, I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I want to be creative now. Yeah. So none of yeah. that stuff like mattered. It was just an interesting experience. That makes so, sense. That I don't know. Sense. What do you think about your high, <laughs> your high achieving academia? <laughs> yeah, not to brag. <laughs> um. Yeah, I feel like when I figured out that you can be creative in life, I was like, fuck everything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you major in in college? I majored in English literature. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, which is a pretty creative major. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a nice switch. Kind but, of a nice hand-holding for the comedy you're getting into as yeah, well. Yeah, kind of a nice hand-holding. But I started out as a math major. Oh, really? So I did like a year in of math, and then I switched to English, and I was like, oh, so nice to be creative every day. <laughs> <laughs> I hate writing essays, though. My two English classes hate essays? hated it. I just don't like generating long form arguments about what your opinion and shit. It's bad. Yeah. I think it's so fun to look back on it. I'll read, I'll reread some essays from college and mm. I'll be like, if you showed this to me blind today, I would, I wouldn't have no idea I wrote it. Really? Like Whoa. I cannot remember a single topic. <laughs> I like, <laughs> I also love a lot of my friends were like math STEM people mm. and they'd be up at like 4am doing like physics sets of homework. Yeah. 
and it's so intense. It takes <laughs> so long. Yeah. And I never did this, but most English majors will just like uh, skim the book or not even read it. And then yeah. you just show up to class and like bullshit the discussion. Yeah. And I think it's such a beautiful contrast. <laughs> like, I think the reason that people more like English majors aren't friends with more math majors is because it would drive you guys insane. Oh, yeah. 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 Easily. <laughs> I mean, even when I went to engineering school, like, I, my rule is I never did any work after 5 p.m. Because I'm nice. more of a morning thinker. So there are kids oh, who would do, yeah. they'd be cramming all night and then they'd fuck up the test. And it's like, yeah. well, what do you think would happen? Just wor work when your brain wants to work. Yeah. But then I would hear about like the studio art majors for like, oh, I got to do six hours of studio time this week. It's like <laughs> you have to go and paint and like relax. Like you're going to listen to music and have fun. <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> And I'm like, listen, I can't do what those people do. Yeah. Like, it's so impressive. But I am just like, I wish <laughs> that was my life. <laughs> so, uh, uh, getting back on track. <laughs> yeah, listen, only... you bring us back on track anytime. I go on such tangents. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> so, uh, you're only watching female comedians on Netflix. For the most part. That was maybe an exaggeration, but I do think it's for the most part true. <laughs> well, wow. Okay. Who are your favorites then? Because most everyone yeah. who comes in this show is like, dude, <laughs> Chappelle, Louis C.K., John Mulaney. Like, they did their thing, but like, great comics, you know? Yeah. So, what were you <laughs> yeah. And that's why I listened to Sharia Mattis' episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So who are your early favorites? Uh, my early favorites, one of my first early favorites was Tignataro, who is the- She's my favorite of all time. So good. The best. I think she was the first comic, like, big name professional mm. comic I saw live. Really? Uh, she came to the Twin Cities. Yeah. And she was so, I've, to this day, I think, never laughed that hard at yeah. a live show. She her voice is like so perfect. The writing so is so perfect. quirky and funny and Yes. And she's one of those people who she will set up like a five minute long setup. Yeah. And take you so low just for like one joke at the end. Yeah. But it pays off so big. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like one of those skills where I'm just like, that's like so rare. And yeah. that's not how most people do stand up. Yeah. She's, yeah, I love Tignataro. <laughs> One of my favorites is the special where she's talking about uh, talking to her cat. And she goes, so I says to him, I says, she's like, isn't that funny how we say that? Like, I'm talking to a cat. I should say, I meows to him, I meows. <laughs> It's so funny. And like the end of that one is like one of those like five minute bits where yes. she ends the set by talking about a specific like folk duo. Uh -huh. And she's like hinting at like this band and then she acts like they're going to be there. And she's like, I'm just kidding. Of yes. course not. And it goes, and it back goes and on and on and yeah. on. <laughs> and then she brings them out on stage finally. And you're like, oh, there is a band at the end of this. <laughs> It's so good. At the live show I saw her do, it was post that special, mm -hmm. but she did that bit with some other famous person at the mm -hmm. intro, and we all were like, oh, this is a bit. Yeah. Like, we've seen this before. But then it <laughs> kept going on for so long that everyone was just like, no, she's really going to bring them out. And then it, like, just circled and circled, and I was like, it's crazy that I buy into this every yeah. time. <laughs> Dude, when Lucas, the last Anne Hathaway presents, was like, yeah. I talked to her. She's filming in Greenpoint. I talked to her son. He ran out of the room before that. And we were all like, <gasps> did he actually? <laughs> yes. It's one of those things where like that bit just will work because yeah. people, A, want to believe that that person wanna is believe, there. Yeah. <laughs> and B, it's kind of like, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, dude, he's got tons of followers on TikTok. He's got a blue check mark. He yeah. could DM and get through the to primary, you know? 
I don't know. But yeah, th that shit rules. So Tignataro, she's one of my favorites. So I, good. Also, dude comedian, but Dimitri Martin is also one of my favorites. I did watch a lot of Dimitri Martin. He's like in that same vein almost, you know? Yeah. They're like they're like that perfect like 2013 indie vibe comedy. Like it's all quirky, yes. you know? Yeah. So. Love him. Dimitri Martin and John Mulaney are the same person in my mind. Well, um, which I recognize that different. comedy is so different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to me, I'm just like, I interchange their names so much. So wow. I guess this is my time to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dimitri Martin has a nose and has a guitar. Yeah. John Mulaney has yeah. a suit. Yeah. Well, and their jokes are also so different. I Totally. Yeah. Something about it. I think it's because they're like from the same era or something. <laughs> I could see it. So uh, did you ever like uh, Jen Kirkman? You know, I... Uh, is she who wrote the show Sorry or some like Apology or something? Ooh, I don't know. She no? had she had like four specials on Netflix around okay. this time, and I watched all of hers and I liked her. And no one ever talks about her. So yeah, I wasn't wait, sure. am I allowed to Google during the podcast? Uh, yeah, you can Google real quick. Okay, well my phone's over there. That's <laughs> Your fine. Over there. What do you That's want me fine. to look up? Can you look up if Jen Kirkman is who wrote if she has a TV show? Jen Kirkman, ooh, TV. I have to I have to talk into the mic uh, so people know that I'm doing this. Okay, Jen Kirkman TV shows. Yeah, right now Maxim is absolutely um, killing, just it. juggling. Yeah, I'm <laughs> juggling so hard, dude. I got the stopwatch up. My notifications are blowing up. People are demanding yep. to be on the podcast while my IMDb it's loads. Crazy. Oh my god. There are people banging on the windows. Okay, if uh, there were windows. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Marvelous Miss Maisel, she was a writer on. Jen Kirkman, just keep living. Her own specials. Tis the season, she was a writer on. Modern okay. Family Writer, Take My Wife Home Again, Meltdown. Nah, we would have hit it by now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm mixing her up with another okay. stand up comedian. <laughs> okay, who are your other favorites? Um, let's see. Who else did Name I Name really every like? woman. I know, right? For, have you, you know the Billy Eichner bit where he's like, for a dollar, name a woman. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that comes up on my TikTok all the time. Yeah. And every single time it comes up, I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Something about his energy, I am just like blank slate. <laughs> yeah. Everyone says uh, Michelle Obama. Just like, it's so weird. It's so knee-jerk. Michelle Obama. <laughs> no other woman. <laughs> absolute icon yeah <laughs> that's really funny so so uh what do you do in between the applied for stand-up year and didn't and got into stand-up club that year yeah Did, were you writing at all were you, were you i think that's vengeance? when i really started watching stand-up okay and um i think that made me so much better yeah <laughs> it's crazy that uh watching professionals will teach you <laughs> oh definitely <laughs> yeah yeah i watched a lot of tignataro i watched a lot of um who was margaret cho she's great i love to do a deep dive on my margaret cho margaret cho has also been around for so long mm -hmm. um that there's just so much content for her yeah uh that yeah she's incredible mm -hmm. she's one of those people where i'm just like God damn, like, what an honor that she is, like, living in the same time as us. <laughs> right? She she did a great episode on uh, Asian Not Asian. And yeah. And I was like, you mean a guy I've met has just been on a podcast with Margaret Cho? Right? Like, he just gets to talk to her? She's a fucking right? legend, you know? <laughs> like, I think one of the best people to ever do stand-up. Like, just an absolute master of the craft. And Amazing. Yeah. I think I'm so glad that I found uh, her stuff because... I think watching her videos is what really taught me to write like set up punchline mm. jokes. Okay. Yeah. I also think like she was big because uh, she was different because she was one of the first like 
openly out major comedian, especially for women at the time. Yeah, like, Bicon. Bicon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other the other icon being Ellen DeGeneres. We don't talk about her anymore. <laughs> well, I do. I actually have an altar to Ellen in my home. <laughs> what? I have an altar to Ellen. And every morning I wake up and... You do? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's kind of sacred to me. <laughs> were, you, were you actually an Ellen fan at any point? I wasn't. I was never a big talk show mm. uh, person. My mom loved Ellen. My like, mom did too. Back in the like American Idol, like Verizon, yeah. like the LG chocolate area era. <laughs> yeah. Know, slide phones era. Yes. And I will say it's, um, there is something about Ellen that she's getting my mom to like her. Cause I'll tell you what, my mom does not like that I'm lesbian. <laughs> so it's like, okay, Ellen can do it. <laughs> <laughs> she, <clears throat> she's like, She's like the alternative to like Jimmy Fallon, you know? Yeah. Like she's predictable. Her stage persona is at least warm. And you watch that show and you know what you're getting. Right? Yes. And That's then it's like, like, okay, off stage. No demon. idea. Demon, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> but like Jimmy Fallon, you can see it in his eyes. There's I kind of agree. It's only a matter of time before we find out what that dude's really up to. I think most of the late show hosts kind of scare me. Yeah. Outside of like, um, Seth Meyers and Amber Ruffin. I think that everybody else, I'm kind of like. John Oliver scared him? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and with him, I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> British guy too into American politics. Ooh, yeah. There's sus. just something where I'm like, I don't trust you. Seth Meyers seems like a regular guy, though. Seth like, Meyers seems like, well, they all, I think all of the like white men's appeals, like they seem like a regular guy, right? Like well, the late show host. Scary to think that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's like their Is that appeal. what you guys like this show? Is because <laughs> I'm a regular white guy. <laughs> I provide a piece of white bread toast for anyone with flavor to <laughs> contrast with. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I always want to do that job though. Oh, I think it'd be such a fun job. I never watched those shows growing up because I was just watching Mad TV and I didn't yeah. have the patience for talk show shit. Right. But now that I've gotten to podcasting and I'm like, oh, I'm, I like this. Like, I could definitely do a late night show. Interviewing is fun. It's a blast. You, I can't imagine uh, how much you must learn about, like, people and the world when you're interviewing just, like, all day, every day. Yeah. My only, the only fault that interviewing has is that when I interview people, it's always me interviewing because mm -hmm. other people from different perspectives have different questions. Right. So right. Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Danielle Deluti, her podcast, Female Intern, which she records here in the studio. Very similar in that mm -hmm. she just brings people on. She talks to them and interviews them. But hers is more of like a get to know you better thing. Oh, nice. But I noticed because her vibe is just so different and she gets to ask really personal, emotional questions to people. And she's not afraid yeah. to hit the deep dives. Like, oh, you mentioned this fucked up thing in your childhood. Like, how did that like shape your, wow. how did you deal with that? And it's like, if you bring a trauma to me, I might like, like tie it in or elaborate. Yeah. But mostly I'm like, I keep it like professional and friendly, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I don't think to ask those things. Like they don't want me to ask how they were <laughs> bullied or whatever. Like, <laughs> So, like, I've learned a lot and heard a lot of amazing things and yeah. interviewed lots of great people, but it's always questions I want to ask, which is right. unfortunate. So Yeah. Well, you're coming at it from the perspective of, like, following career paths, right? Right. Yeah. Which is such a... I think you're tapping into something in people's brains there because I can't tell you how many people are out there right now, like, wikipedia people's lives and just, like, reading. Like, that's such a, yeah. like, thing that people do. 
part of my goal with this podcast is like, one, I want the podcast to get listenership and get big, right? Nice. We're doing all right. We're doing pretty good. Nice. Uh, my Gundam podcast is doing better for some. But anyway, <laughs> we're uh, like, my goal is like a lot of the people I've had on are all comedians that we're like peers with and some that are mm -hmm. like definitely above us. 15, 20 years, some of those people blow up. People are going to Google their name. They're going to be like, oh, he was on a podcast 10 years ago. Yeah. So that's true. I'm hoping there's like a, I'm hoping there's like an archival nature to this in some ways. That'd be really cool. That's like that uh, book that, was it Judd Apatow or someone put out where it was oh, all those interviews he did over the years? My, my roommate Scott, who I loved him, got yeah. me that book. I realized I fucking hate Judd Apatow. Dude. Oh, I see that for yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I read what, that. What specifically irks you? I read that book and the problem is he's he's interviewing like he thinks he's the funniest fucking person in the world. Like, yeah. And that's I don't like it. And I remember that he had the the one that really bothered me was the one with like Amy Schumer. OK, because mm -hmm. all the other interviews were like questions you'd ask about doing comedy. His interview with Amy Schumer in that book, which I don't know why you would publish because it was literally like people think you're like fat and annoying. Like, what do you think about that? Like, it was like people think you're like ugly. What do you think? It's like that's crazy. I never read the book either. Yeah, I, I read it and I was like, this is the question. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't care about like like how she made it or how she got to where she is right. or like the actual like challenge of being a woman in this male dominated art form. That yeah. would be very interesting. Instead, you're like. People said some shit about your body. <laughs> <laughs> What's your reaction? Yeah. So that sucks. But yeah. It's fun to see how little has changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I early Amy Schumer, though, fucking loved her stuff. Like when I was. What's her early stuff? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember because I used to be like, this is like ninth grade. I'm playing World of Warcraft. I've got Pandora on the comedy station. Nice. And her, whichever album of hers has a bright yellow color cover would like come up and it was all killer stuff maybe i haven't listened in a long time maybe it's just okay. poop vagina <laughs> stuff but it's uh it, i remember it being really good so okay yeah. okay anyway let's get back on I track here check that yeah because we're the dude this podcast going for fucking ever um so <laughs> you get accepted to the stand-up comedy club mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they allow you to be in there they allow me to grace their uh incredible organization <laughs> do you have to slice your hand and eli slices his hand and then you shake with blood and then we shake with blood yeah. and then <laughs> yeah actually what they do is they wake you up in the middle of the night uh and they take you out of your beds and you go eat um breakfast at like 3 a.m at this like all night diner that there was they actually did that yeah wow no, that's kind of cool that's actually true that's fun yeah what was yeah. the all night diner um okay now that i'm saying it it maybe wasn't all night it was maybe like 5 a.m it opened okay uh they woke you up. We did something before that that I can't remember. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I don't remember the name of the place. Tavern. It might have been called the Tavern. Okay. It wasn't like it's a in Northfield, Minnesota. A no. Village Inn or something. It was okay. a little small town, Minnesota, you know, nice. small business. Okay. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, are you in a van? Do you take multiple cars or is, it, is the club it's literally a walking, four people? It's oh. a really small town. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> it's like uh, we walked from campus to the place and like, five minutes dope yeah and so you get into this club are they giving you like a rundown and like here's how here's some things we've learned so far here's how you do stand up do they want to review your notes they just like you're in go for it pretty much and i actually think this is probably what you would expect from a group of stand-up comedians mm -hmm. is theoretically we were meeting every week what actually ended up happening was we probably met once right before we put on a show yeah and everyone would run their set <laughs> and then <laughs> the like quote unquote more 
experienced comedians would give notes, which maybe were helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, I think personally for me, a lot of the notes that I would get were like ultimately not helpful because it was like a group of all men and the notes would be like, you're doing up speak. And it's like, that's just my cadence, you know, like they'd be like, stop Mm. talking like this. (laughs) And it's like, well, actually, that's what makes me funny. <laughs> or it's okay. like, you know, oh, don't do a joke about this. Do a mm. joke about that. And it's all stand up is so subjective yeah. um, that a lot of the times I think what I did find helpful was being in that group really made me hone the skill of filtering feedback mm. and yeah, having yeah, confidence yeah. in knowing your own material and totally. your own voice. Because so much of stand up is just what's your voice. Yeah. And like understanding when a f- piece of feedback is like structural like oh put the punchline at the end of the sentence Mm. versus like you know oh change the content of the joke yeah um so i actually think what i am really grateful to that group for is like i honed such you know it really forced me to be confident in my own opinion about my material right and yeah the the like ability to filter comments is so useful totally that's really interesting too like Especially at that time, being able people being able to like, this might not be your voice. Like yeah. this might not be the content you want. Yes, especially so early on. I think that's the worst time you can have people trying to uh give you feedback that's not strictly just like I don't know, that's the you're so influential when you first start out, I think mm-hmm. that uh it can take people double the amount of time to find their voice because they're like listening to the wrong advice. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I still don't think I found my voice. Like, <laughs> where do you think it is? <laughs> I don't know, dude. I, I, it's driving me crazy. Cause when I think about it, I'm like everyone I, that I can like point to that I think has a good comedic voice. Yeah. I'm like, they're like the synchronicity they have. Don't got it. Like it doesn't, Interesting. It, it doesn't, it, it, none of it's, all the material I write is trash. It's, it's bad. Okay. I get rid of my jokes every like four or five months because I'm just like, is this what I want though? And then, yeah. Then I do crowd work and I'm like, oh, this kills. This is my voice because I'm just like making shit up. Right. But, right. When I have to sit and write it, then it's like, dude, I'm writing a joke today about how cats' faces are triangles so they can push open the bathroom door. Like, that's, <laughs> that's that my voice. <laughs> If that's your voice, I will say that's a voice for the people. That is a voice for the people. That is a huge market. The cat <laughs> world. Oh, my God. 95 million just into the movie Cats Alone. And yeah. you're tapping a huge Definitely market. Definitely tapping in there. <laughs> like, every time I do crowd work, it's just like someone tells me something like, oh, where did you, you guys come out from? They're like, oh, like Bushwick. I'm like, your neighborhood sucks. Like, yeah. That's crowd yeah. work. That's my voice. <laughs> telling people whatever they like is bad. Uh, well, the nice thing about crowd work um, from the comedian's perspective, is you don't gotta do any work before it. <laughs> no work. You can kind of just kind of. <laughs> you're sick of your jokes. You do a set of all crowd work. It's like incredible. <laughs> yeah, especially when it pays off. Like, uh, I ho- yeah, if it doesn't pay off, it's like I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I did like pop collar two weeks ago. I hosted the 7 p.m. and I just nice. did crowd work for the whole opening set. Nice. I didn't have to do any of my jokes, and it killed. And I was like, excellent. Yeah, excellent. And. There's also this duality, right, where I'm trying to find my voice, but right. I do crowd work or I riff and it does really well. And people are like, oh, that dude, that thing you did was so funny. I'm like, well, too bad I didn't fucking write that down. It was just something I yeah. said, you know, yeah. it's like I understand I could recreate it, but it's not the same. OK, right. Trying to capture that magic. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. 
So, <laughs> so I'm glad you figured out your voice quickly. It's all up speak. Uh, yeah, it's all just at the end of whatever you're saying. And it's so funny because I'm like, I'm so confident. And the thing that up speak is, I was like, you sound not confident. <laughs> <laughs> Manipulate up speak. Uh, easy yeah. entry level tip. Yeah. Everyone try it out. Just okay? try it out. I think what it actually is, is just when I talk, my... I say every word with a different inflection. Mm. And, you know, I can't change that. <laughs> Everyone's going to be hyper aware for the rest of this podcast. Yeah, really yeah. listen. And I'm not afraid to point it out because I think it sounds beautiful. <laughs> 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 you guys are all going to fall in love with my voice. <laughs> <laughs> so what was uh, what was your first stand-up club show? My first stand-up, like, legit club show. That's a good in question. College. In college, so in college, we would host them at the theater at the okay. college. Um, and those shows were actually, I'll say, better than the comedy club shows because they're free. College kids in the small town have nothing else to okay. do. I, I was talking it's about a like huge turnout. Stand up comedy club, as in the college group, not like. Oh, building okay. Clubs. I was okay, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when was it? So that would have been uh, when I was 19. Okay. Um, How'd you do? What was the experience like? I fucking crushed. Really? Yeah. Nice. I absolutely crushed to the point that um, to this day, people are mad that I didn't get in le- let in a year earlier. I'll Whoa. say it. I'll say it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so wait, wait. And had you practiced between the first open mic you ever did and that show? Or you oh, for sure. Because okay. the, the So I did perform my set probably at least three times for the group as a whole. And mm. people would give feedback and whatever. But no like mics or like actual stage? No, I was mostly just... Dude, nice. Went up on that <laughs> stage. Hell yeah. Uh, but I had, by that point, watched so much stand-up so mm-hmm. much more. And you, like, do it in the mirror, you know? Yeah. So I think I no, I had, but. like, oh, no. <laughs> okay. I practiced, so I, w- I didn't do any mics, I don't think. But I I would sit in front of a mirror, like, watching my face and just, like, watching myself do stand-up to myself <laughs> in front of a mirror. First, so I would be embarrassed to even put a number out there of how many times I probably did that wow. in that year. Yeah. That might be a great tip for new people. Has this been said before? (laughs) No, no one's ever said this. Like I I, do think in general doing stand up to yourself in a mirror can be helpful. I think a lot of people practice like they'll like, you know, they'll pace around the room there, sit say their jokes out loud, that type of shit. I do that too. In the mirror though, no way. Like Yeah. I also am not a face comedian. I'm not I don't like no expression. I just do what I'm feeling. Yeah. So like I never thought to like, oh, I should like do this like right you know right like uh who's a good face comedian uh molly zalman oh my god yeah it's like yeah you're like sometimes you watch a five minute joke and you're like you didn't do one joke you just made like funny faces but i liked it but it worked (laughs) yeah and she's also very good at levels yeah like she'll be down here she'll be up here (laughs) yeah very physical so i'm not physical i'm not there no have you ever seen uh the comedian kate berlant Mm-mm. Um, she's like more famous. Uh, I don't watch women, so yeah, <laughs> and yeah, right. <laughs> um, she's absolutely incredible. She's mm-hmm. like really known for her like facial expressions. And okay, if you even just watch like a minute of her and mm-hmm. watch like the stuff she does with her faces, it's so funny. She's such a freak. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope, though. So you're like you're doing in front of the mirror. You're practicing. You're getting your faces, your body motion, movement down. Yeah. All this. Crush the first show. Totally. And it's one of those things, again, where, like, I look back on it now, and I'm like, those aren't jokes. <laughs> yeah. How was Eli's set that show? Eli, I do remember being pretty good in college. He had this joke about the good alphabet. You, yeah, that he doesn't do anymore, but I remember at the time. He does. 
It, oh, he does do it. Occasionally, yeah. Incredible. Okay, occasionally. Yeah. He doesn't bring it out all the time. It's special. <laughs> that one, he came to... Um, I remember when he I first met him. Mm-hmm. He came to some random mic, did that joke, killed. He came to Wobbly Ladder, did that mic, and killed. Or that joke, and just murdered. And we were like, whoa. And then we got to know him. He's like, yeah, I feel like that's the joke I have to bring to like impress, which makes that sense. That makes sense, yeah. It's like one of those, like, it's tight, it's well-written, it's funny, it works every time. So it's like... right. I don't know. You know, you, you know, you meet new people, you go to a new mic and you're like, all right, I got to bust out some I got to bust stuff. out the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I feel anytime I test new material. I'm like, okay, we'll sandwich it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do a practice joke. We'll do the stuff that's going to bomb. Really? <laughs> <And> then- <laughs> Dude, I got no, no, no warm up. I have no, I have no You're just like, sandwich. here we go. Yeah. Well, sometimes the reason I do that is because sometimes if you warm them up, the, a joke that would normally bomb won't. That's and then true. you can kind of get the impression of like, maybe there's something there if I work harder at it. Yeah. Versus like immediately throwing it out. Mm. But yeah, no, I totally see that. My strategy is uh, do a riff, say riff something and then do the do whatever. Yeah. But if the riff bombs then the rest of it's kind of like better be good. So I don't know. I'm very sink or swim. Yeah. <laughs> I'll bomb and I'll pop over my phone and be like, all right, guys, uh, let's see some new stuff. <laughs> yeah. Have you do you think you I think I can't count the number of times I've bombed. Like, are you someone who's like, I bomb so rarely? Or are you like, no, I've bumped hundreds of times? I bombed a lot. I mean, yeah. I feel like at a certain point, I stopped thinking about bombing mics as bombing because Fair. I Fair. stopped repeating material at mics. I started only nice. doing like brand, brand new shit, where it's, which is like last two weeks, last month, basically. Yeah. So if I bomb at a mic, I'm like, that's fine. Like, I'm just it's working on It's not my on material. It. Yeah. yeah. And it's not my business. It's not, it's not my business. <laughs> it's not your business either. So it's like. I'm still finding my voice. <laughs> yeah. And then, but like shows, definitely. I haven't been booked on hundreds of shows. So I can't say I've bombed Yeah. I guess I said times. hundreds. Yeah. I really threw that number out there. Like I'm doing stand up <laughs> on shows every night. <laughs> I've, bom- I've bombed a lot though. Yeah. I've bombed a lot. Like it used to, it still hurts when I bomb a show. But it doesn't totally. hurt like it used to when yeah. I first started bombing shows. That's fair. <laughs> but I will say my I am like a 70-80% success rate comedian, okay? Don't not book me because I said that. All right. Uh, you book me on your show. I will do fucking my best, okay? I will well, do I think it's so funny when comedians are like, I never bomb. And I'm like, shut up. Yes, you do. Because yeah. like even rehearsed tried and true material will fail at at least one show eventually. Yeah. Like you just there's you just you know, like sometimes there just are shows where the vibe is so bad in the room, mm. nothing's gonna work. Or it's like they want something that isn't just you monologuing yeah. your material. Yeah, and it's like that's not about you. Like it's it's fine if you bomb. Yeah. Like <laughs> I used to see it at uh two virgins. We would because we'd always do crowd work. So it'd be like we would do crowd work, do some jokes, do some crowd, go yeah. back and forth. And then there'd be a comedian who would go up there and just do their jokes monologue style. And I'd just be watching from the back like Talk to him. You got to talk to him. I was going to say, it's always the show where there's like two to 10 people. Yeah. Where it's like, (laughs) you got to do crowd work Mm -hmm. or it's going to be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. You got to not like that type of monologue material works well if you're in an arena or a club. Yeah. But it's like, if if, if, if there's 10 people in a room, you're just all hanging out. You're just hanging out. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get back to this because we're burning time. Uh, (laughs) That's my specialty. That's your specialty. Totally. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) So you are doing your stand up comedy club thing through college. Are you doing well at all of them? Or did you have uh, any bomb shows during that time? Um, I think we had some shows where I didn't learn crowd work until I left college. So I think there were like some sparsely attended shows where I could have benefited from what we were just talking about. Uh, I don't think 
Yeah. Crowd work is like a final boss for a lot of people. I think so. It took yeah. me almost three years to Fair. do crowd work for real and not be scared. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm a lot better than I used to be, but I think I'm still learning. <laughs> you got to get yourself a terrible weekly show with no stakes. Nice. You will talk to lots of people. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so after college, you graduate, you have your graduate. English degree. And yeah, I got it. are you setting sail for New York City right away or are you? I do. I come into New York. I'm a paralegal during the day. Not anymore. Uh, but, you know, for the last like three years I was. Uh, <laughs> I took a stand up class at the pit with mm. Carolyn Castiglia, okay. which was really, really nice. Um, I think she was the first person whose feedback I was like. I value your feedback. I respect your right. feedback. I almost turn my filter off when mm -hmm. I get your feedback because I'm just like, I'm going to trust whatever you say. Right, right, right. Yeah, which is really, I think, so nice to have someone <laughs> who you're just like, you're experienced. You've been doing this for years. Like, to be able to just like, I learned so much from really? her. Yeah, wow. I think she taught me so much. She had like such a beautiful way of pointing out your weaknesses as if, they were uh she would point out weaknesses in a way where it's like this is worthy of making better mm -hmm. like she she would just phrase things so lovely um that you just felt so supported and never once i think anyone in that class felt like oh i should stop wow which i think is like you know like not everybody can do stand up yeah. um but i think when you're first starting out it's like so nice to have an environment where it's mm -hmm. like you can just feel safe to fail. So you're pro, you're pro class. I'm pro class if the teacher is, you know, I think it takes a certain, I don't want to say I'm pro class because I think the wrong teacher could, could push a lot of people away from stand up yeah. that in like a year would maybe be great. Right. Right. Cause I feel like, like I get a lot of those people who take a class and are like, meh, like it was fine. Whatever. Right. Yeah. Cause I think what, when you're first starting, most people aren't going to be good, but like some teachers are really good at like showing people their potential. Mm -hmm. And then I think most people, if they continue stand up for a year, they get so much better mm -hmm. that like as long as you make it through like yeah the times where you're failing miserably, eventually you're going to get better. Oh, totally. Yeah. I love seeing people get better too. Right. Like, right. I, I'm sure you experience this, but like yeah. lots of new comics started when the vaccine got uh announced yes. basically yeah there are people that i saw in the first like couple months after the vaccine that i was like man fuck these people they, they suck and then like a year later year and a half later i'm like yo <laughs> you got They're good. really good yeah. <laughs> yes it's like it's crazy how quickly you can get good at stand-up um you just gotta try <laughs> you just have to try and you're gonna fail so much mm. but that's why i think uh it's so nice to have like supportive mics because yeah yeah, you just never know who after a year will be absolutely incredible. Totally. Yeah. I'm a big supportive mic guy. Yeah. I'm a, I never attend unsupportive mics. I, I just want to have fun and do it. Right. You know? so. I think letting someone fail safely is like the nicest thing you can do for them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, people now have the luxury of that where pre-pandemic. That was not a luxury. So you got to have. different. <laughs> oh, my God. The mic scene was so different. Three years ago. There are people who are around now who I mm -hmm. love and are friends and like I think are hilarious who back 
pre-pandemic, we would like literally be at the same mic, watch each other's sets and never say anything to each other. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was normal. It was normal yeah. for me to just be on this on my phone while you did your set and just right. bombed. Like. Right. <laughs> so people were like, I don't know. There's still like the fantasy of like grinding, you know, like yeah, grinding totally. the village mics and stuff. But I'm yeah. like, but what if I just was at the right spots in Brooklyn? <laughs> right? Where like I can actually get a read on a joke. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's like for me it was like Anne Hathaway presents, even our Jerry Seinfeld presents, which is not technically Brooklyn, but yeah. Is a Brooklyn mic in Manhattan, essentially. <laughs> 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 or yeah, there's like just so many other friendly ones where you go to and you're like, nice, I'm having fun and I can test the joke. And if it doesn't work for these people, I know it's not gonna work, you know? Yeah, and the thing is like if it doesn't work, like with those mics, it's like if a joke doesn't work there, you don't feel like quitting after. Right. Yeah. Which yeah. is kind of like the key part. Because <laughs> yeah. also like, yeah, your jokes aren't going to get better unless you're trying new stuff, yeah. trying new tags, like trying new punchlines that you just, yeah, you have to try stuff you that's gotta, not going to work. got to reach. Yeah. When I, when I started like back in Colorado, our open mics had audience members. So a lot of times it was like you were doing nice. the same five minutes like over and over and over yeah. and it was very rare that you would add a new joke into the mix because the mic was kind of a show like you kind yeah. of want the audience to stay for the other comics right so you kind of got to like be like do that sandwich of like okay two great jokes maybe something i'm trying out yeah. two great jokes and i'm done you yeah. know but here it's like there are no audience members to witness your experimentation you can just right. burn it yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's a benefit Huge benefit. Yeah. So what year what year did you move to New York then? Are you uh twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn. Good stuff. So you had Good two stuff. full year a full year and a half ish, maybe before I think the I had pandemic. A full year and a, yeah, I think it took me like six months to start uh stand up in New York once I got here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you got to find a job, got to find housing, got to do all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then once I I think I got a good year year and a half in before mm. the pandemic hit and yeah. then man that really put a pause on things yeah. <laughs> were you i feel like i didn't meet you for a while yeah Did, were you out of commission for pandemic were you not doing any stand-up or where um well pre-pandemic i was running a pit mic and mm-hmm. then another mic at pine box and then we couldn't do either of those right and i'll say it i hate zoom comedy yeah, I do. You were just like, no. Nah. So, yeah, I think I did a few Zoom comedy shows, maybe a handful of open mics. Mm-hmm. I did a comedy festival that was over Zoom. And uh, it was interesting because like the quali- it was a competition. So mm-hmm. like the qualifying rounds, I was like, oh, this isn't too bad, you know, whatever. And then in the final round, that should have been the best show. It's like yeah. theoretically the best comics of the festival. Like it should have the most people watching. Mm-hmm. Every single comic bombed <sighs> so terribly that the judges at the end, one of them literally said, that was so bad. I don't even know who to pick. <laughs> and these are like people who were like theoretically the best of the best. Like, <laughs> and it's not even a roast battle where you normally say something no. like that. No, yeah. and it's like one of those things where it's like, how do you do crowd work on Zoom? Like you, you can't because like, oh, you start doing crowd work, the person's muted. Like yeah. what? insane insane so i was just like i think if i do zoom comedy i will get worse as a comedian and as a person (laughs) (laughs) so when did you did you do any outdoor comedy during 2020 i think i came to your guys's mic the wobbly matter wobbly ladder one you came to the backyard one all right 
I came to the one that was on Lee's roof. You came to that one? Yeah. Dude, I don't remember. There's you. a picture. What's so funny is, is there's a picture of me and Lucas together, but we weren't friends. Mm. Um, and so I found it. Someone sent it to me, and I was like, oh my God, like me and Lucas are in the same photo, absolutely not talking to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't remember. I don't remember you at I feel like I didn't meet you until this year, and I had no idea you existed. I know, and like, don't you feel like your life got so much better? <laughs> <laughs> we hang out all the time. We got like, you're just like, oh, we have. How did we have like 80% the same friends? Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy how like, and then I think about it because I'm like, most of the people I saw pre-pandemic, I don't see anymore at all. Yeah. But like, it's so crazy how quickly the, yeah, the circles change. It was wild. Do you have any uh, OG friends from pre-pandemic? Comedy? Yes and no. A lot of them have moved since. Um so still friends but like not the same yeah. when you're not living in the same city uh i'm trying to think who matt albino okay was a friend pre-pandemic but then we got really close during the pandemic right because right. we were both kind of i think not really doing the zoom shows or anything yeah um so i think yeah matt albino mm-hmm. i think yeah not as many honestly did you know gabby and aaron pre-pandemic i did and did? i'm still okay. friends with them yeah, okay. to this day. Because I know they were, <laughs> you mentioned the pit. So I was like, they were, they were a pit Yeah, mic, and maybe. they ran a pit. I think they were the mic before me, maybe even. Mm, uh, okay. Crazy time. Damn. I think Gabby might have been the first person to ever book me on a show. Hell yeah. Yeah, which is cool. Is that pre-pandemic too? Or? Pre-pandemic too. Dude, yeah. nice. Yeah. I met them during the Zoom comedy era. I was, Whoa, okay. I was in... Anne Hathaway Zoom OG. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I started going to it. It was just like, well, this is the thing we looked forward to on Thursdays or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it was. Yeah. So that's how I met them. And then the, nice. the first time I met Gabby, like IRL, we booked her for our like outdoor park show, which uh-huh. was just like, it was chill. It was fun. Whatever. Gabby shows up with a face mask and a face shield. Incredible. And like a like like spray, like fully like hazmat. I couldn't even tell who it was. It was like, so who funny is because oh, Gabby. <laughs> now I see Gabby and I'm like, where's your mask? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Gabby wears a mask. Where's your face shield? Uh, <laughs> where's your face shield, Gabby? You've changed. You Next time I say I'm going to be like, you've really changed. You've really changed. No face shield. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so then uh, what, did you produce a show at all pre-pandemic? Yeah, I ran a show called I Found a Comedy with Lynn Barbera. Uh, that was like a queer comedy show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it in conjunction with a mic, which was uh specifically designed to like, like we were talking about how the mics were so different then. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wanted we made a mic that was like, you wanted like in quotes queer prioritizing, which just kind of meant that we were, you know, whatever. We weren't asking people if they were queer. We were just like, you know, we're trying to make a nicer mic and yeah. to contrast the other ones. Um, which was really fun to host at the time because our rule was like, we will light you and you have to get off if you're saying offensive shit. Hell yeah. Uh, which I think wasn't as common then as it is now. I think a lot more people now are willing to like light people. People do it? Well, I Dude. don't know. Don't okay. you do it under the sly when you're hosting a mic? I host a mic still and I don't explicitly say it up top necessarily anymore. But if someone's saying something really offensive, I'll light them. I really appreciate that because... Back in Colorado, yeah, all the mics were ho- like what I call host's choice. So everyone shows up. The, ho- the host decides whatever order you're going in. It's not yeah. like a bucket or chronological. It's just what they know. Right. And if you're bombing, they will just light you. Like because there's audience members there. 
Oh, so whoa. they'll light you to get you off so you don't fuck up the rest of the mic, basically. Interesting. So when I went to New York and everyone got like their full time, right. I was like, okay, so we're not doing I'll I'll light someone 30 seconds early. Like Okay, fair. I'll do it like fair. I'll like, if it's really painful. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, yeah. I'll give it. I'll make sure no one sees the timer. And yeah, then, like, I was gonna <laughs> say there's such an easy way to slightly do it that but yeah, people don't even realize. Mad yeah. respect for just calling it like it is. So. Oh yeah, I think I made a lot of enemies at the time. I think me and Lynn both had enemies because we would we would straight up tell certain people they couldn't even come in the room. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. I mean, and pre-pandemic too. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's not. I think it's still needed today. I think it's much better now yeah. than it was then. But like, yeah, even then, it was like. If I I feel like if I lit someone early at a mic at like a minute or two minutes, they would they people would talk shit forever. Phones. Yeah, yeah. They've got like, their thing up. They're like, oh, people I get know five. how long this is. Stage. Two and a half. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and then to be the one guy to be like, I really think he's bombing. Can we get him up? <laughs> I'm offended. Is anyone else Just right? To check? <laughs> Cool. So you you booked you you put together that mic to book your show basically to find people for your show. Or? I think kind of we would book a lot from the mic, um, mm. which was nice. It was like a nice little uh, funnel of talent, <laughs> and mm. then we also would try to book like bigger bigger name queer comics. Okay. Um. So it was kind of like a fun mix of you know people who were. Mm, I think doing a lot of open mics and occasional shows would get to perform with big names, I think was my favorite part of like yeah. a producing a show like that. Yeah. Yeah. You get fun. to give some really fun opportunities to people. I was on the same show as Roy Wood Jr. one time. Right. And it, I mean, I was, I had to leave for another spot, which is the only one of the few times I've been double booked, which is sick, but I had to it's leave. It's always on the best shows of your life. I know. That you're like, I gotta leave. <laughs> but the flyer is literally his face. My name and like two other names. Awesome. So it's like it's so very cool, cool. <laughs> right? <laughs> Flex, yeah. It's so awesome that yeah, yeah. The people that we can say we've performed with, it's like crazy. It's wild. It's also crazy when uh, someone sends me a TikTok and is like, "Yo, this guy's so funny." I'm like, I know that person personally. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's my Rentina. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, you do the show pre-pandemic. Are you doing? Is it does? Is it a good show? You get like audiences and stuff. It was an, a really good show. We would really? sell out almost every time how did you uh, advertise we would advertise in newsletters like the skint where i think it was it's still kind of big but it's basically this free newsletter of free events that goes out i think we got a lot of people from there we're advertising in the you know the um dating apps like lex which is like a queer dating app <laughs> where you post personalized ads and i would be on there next to just like the horniest posts you've ever seen like <laughs> come to a comedy show <laughs> I respect uh, dating app advertising. Who yes. It? It's uh, uh, Claire Simikowski and uh, I forgot who her co-host is. I'm so sorry. I'm not as familiar with her, but they have a show called Simp Fest. Nice. And they invite dudes from like Hinge and That's Tinder That's really stuff. funny. Like, Genius. That's an incredible <laughs> idea for a show. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's dope though. I mean, I've never had a show do well. 
So that's very odd. <laughs> the best shows I've like done, I've barked most of the audience in. It's just been like luck or like a yeah. comedian brings a crew of friends. It's like, oh thank God. Right, but, right. So I've never I've never figured out the marketing of a comedy show. But my newsletters is a good one. Newsletters is really good. The problem is you don't always know if you'll get in until they send the newsletter right, out. Right. So then it's like the day of the show and you're like, oh, we didn't get in anywhere. Right. Which kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So pandemic happens, you come back outside, you we are come back outside. You come back outside, ready to hang. You're on my rooftop. I didn't know. I don't crazy, you fed me ribs. <laughs> you were on the you were there on the one of the ribs nights? Yeah. There's probably a photo of us together. <laughs> this is fucking crazy, dude. Isn't that wild? We only did ribs two nights. And I was there. Crazy. I like, that like almost makes me mad because I have such a good memory and you were completely erased from it. <laughs> like it's I'm really so funny. like tempted to just open the Instagram right now and scroll. Yeah, down. after this, I will show you the photos. I'm uh, I can prove to you I was there. Okay, yes, yeah, we'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> so you come back out. Um, what what's a uh, have you had any big uh, triumphs in your comedy career to that point? Did you have anything that like you were like, this is sick, I'm doing it? Oh, you know what? A moment like that was I wasn't during the pandemic. I was like, I did do comedy, but in what way during the pandemic? During the pandemic, I applied for a doctress, which is the like online women's satire magazine, yeah. which I read in college and was like huge fan of. They're so funny. So funny. I was like, oh my God, this is like the height of comedy. Mm -hmm. And I did, because I wasn't doing actual comedy, I think I it freed me up to like look at other yeah. aspects. And when I got the, and I got the contributor position for that and I was like, this is sick. Hell yeah. This is like one of those things where it's like, oh, I've been reading you for years mm -hmm. and I never even considered that I could write. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was really fun. That Hell was yeah. really good. I did a uh, jump kick during the pandemic, which nice. is like an indie one yes. by Peter Clark. And I can't remember her last name, but Aaron. Yes. I yeah. I feel so bad that I can I know I like her a lot. She's great. Uh, right. But yeah, the satire I, during pandemic it was great. It was like a nice little thing to focus on. It was on. a really nice little thing to focus on. Also, I recently, some rich guy paid me like $300 to teach satire to his daughter. And I was like, very cool. Isn't that so funny though? Cause I was just like, the daughter was just like, um, so like, who taught you? And I'm like, well, most people who write satire is self taught. I'm just a genius. Uh, yeah. It's not even that though. I'm just like, so much of satire is your experience in the world yeah. that like, literally, yeah, you can take a satire workshop and I recommend it. But like, yeah, ultimately, <laughs> I think most writers are self taught. Literally, like, when I was doing all, like, I did, like, a, a slew of, like, pretty good articles for, like, Jump Kick. Some I'm, like, really proud of. Yeah. And all it comes from is literally just years of me, me reading Onion headlines and articles. Right. You just, like, I was match like, that tone. You're the good. best thing you can do is just, like, read or watch whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. And then... What were your reductress greatest hit headlines? Do you have any that were... Okay. So the first one I ever wrote is my favorite, okay. and I think it is my least well-performing one. Oh, really? <laughs> but I think it's the one that got me the job. Okay. Uh, it's, um, I think it goes something like, uh, how to come so beautifully that all four of the voice judges turn their chairs around. <laughs> 
and I've seen that one. I do it on stage. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And oh, you've seen it in Reductress? No, but that's where I know it. Okay. Yeah. You, if you do yeah. it on stage, and I, okay. Yeah, I think you've probably seen me perform it. Yes, definitely seen that on stage. <laughs> Which is funny because I had the experience of one time I did it on stage and someone was like, that's a Reductress article. And I was like, yeah, I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm allowed to say it. <laughs> you should uh you should do that as a tag at the end. Yeah. If you think you read that on a satire site directed by women, uh I wrote you're that. right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I don't know. I'm not necessarily like a reductress is like a girl boss voice. Yeah, and so I think a lot of the article headlines that I'll write are like things where I'm like, I don't love this. Okay. You know, it's like very girl boss, yeah. uh, which is fun, and I love reductress. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a fun voice to put on, but it's not like the actual voice that I write my own comedy in. Right. Right. So. I think it's not like always my favorite things that I write. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah. I like uh, with Jump Kick, they had like a, their voice wasn't like anything besides like, it's supposed to sound shady, basically. Yes. <laughs> yes. The best satire does. So my, my, my like greatest hit headline, in my opinion, is yeah. this is the only one I can like remember off the top of my head, but it's like, uh, it's a picture of a Pomeranian. Okay. Nice. And it's uh, you want me to play dead? You know the price, and it's yeah. zero of one treats raised. And then the whole article is like a Pomeranian talking like a mobster, like you've asked him to fake his death. So it's like awesome. very dramatic and like yeah. Over the top, but <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's very cute. I'm very like it's. I think it's the only one I have in my link tree. Like nice. <laughs> if nice. you want to read the one satire piece, I'm like really proud of. I love that. <laughs> I gotta make a link tree. <laughs> The problem is that like pretty soon your link tree gets to be like there are too many links. In the yeah. Because yeah, there, there was a time when I had pre-pandemic, I would have nothing to put in there. Right now I've got Fair. fucking three podcasts. <laughs> That's crazy. What are your other two? Uh, we have a podcast about the studio. Oh, yes, I've seen that. And then I have a podcast about Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, which nice. is a new Gundam anime that's coming out right now. Oh, so cool. me and Alex Vasella, we watch the episode every week and we uh, review it, basically. Nice. And uh, it's that's doing sick. really well, which is yeah. dope because it's just like cornering a market, essentially, and just being yeah. like, I know exactly who my audience is and where they hang out. So I just right. go to the subreddit and be like, Hey guys, I have a podcast about this thing that you're all waiting on the edge of your seats to see the next episode of. So. Oh, see, you market in genius ways. That this is the, the first time that I've like clicked and been like, yeah. this is how we're gonna attack this thing. Yeah. So yeah. I was gonna say it is so much easier to market and pull a crowd when you have an angle because yeah. you know exactly who to go to, you know how to advertise, and they're getting advertised to less usually. Yes. So and my my like, whole thing with like uh, this is like a this one is almost like a test run of an mm-hmm. idea I've had for a while is that like podcasts about nerd stuff okay <laughs> are often hosted by experts in that nerd thing totally. whether it be like Star Wars or Star Trek or like video games whatever yeah. might be. the people who are experts at these things are not the best podcasters or talk the, show hosts or maybe interviewers maybe lacking charisma yeah <laughs> So I was like, oh, if I can do like people like this podcast, they say I'm a good yeah. interview. They enjoy it. Like if I can just do this in a way that like I can target my nerdy things, right. then I can just corner the market really quick. And yeah. so that was kind of like a deliberate strategy to be like smart. Yeah. And this thing was perfect because it's like 
it's not like we're reviewing an old Gundam show that everyone's seen. This one is like, yeah. it's releasing now. So people are like every week, like watching it. They all make a big right. mega thread. So they have a whole week to wait. So yeah. why don't you listen to a podcast about it? Right. If you love it so much, you know, yeah. if you love it so much, prove it. Listen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> yeah. But so it's like actually doing really well just because the marketing like works out. And every nice. time podcasters are like, choose a niche, find your audience. Yeah. It's so ambiguous yeah. that now I'm totally audience pilled. Okay. Like I, th this show has such a broad audience that there's uh -huh. no way it's going to gain tons of traction. Yeah. It has, it has a good amount. People listen to it. And they like it, but like a show like that where it's like, I almost want to tell every comedian that like wants to start a podcast, pick something that isn't just farting around with your friends. That right. isn't just interviews. Unless you're interviewing yeah. about a specific topic, literally pick a thing that you love that isn't yeah. comedy and make a show about it. Right. And it will do well because you're applying your comedy skills to this niche, which will have an audience. It's true. Yeah. So I've been having like a fucking third eye like month of podcast release. <laughs> Dude, we're four episodes in and we were all, we already passed like 220 listens, which oh, is nice for launching a new podcast is like really good. Like 50 awesome. plus an episode is like dope. So Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna go on about that. Anyway, Congrats, though. thank you. It's very exciting. We got fan mail for the first time this week. What is it? Uh, one Can was, you say on air? Yeah, one. Uh, I I confirmed with both of them. I'm gonna read on the. Well, other I didn't show. know how graphic it was. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm so fucking horny for these characters. No. <laughs> I love you guys so much. I want to wear your skin. <laughs> yeah. No, one was like one. Okay, this was the big payoff. Okay, the first one was oh, since you guys haven't talked about this, the characters are based on this other anime, this like legendary one. And then the story is actually based off Shakespeare's Tempest. And they, okay. they provided some links. So I'm going to read those. Like, oh, cool. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. The next one, I got one. A dude just literally was like, you guys have the best Gundam podcast. They're like all of there's like tons of them with like a lot of episodes. But you guys are the only one that keep a natural conversational flow to it. Nice. My that's hypothesis sweet. has been proved. Okay. Yeah. I got it. So that's awesome. <laughs> I was like over the moon. I was like all hung over on Saturday and we were eating food. I was like, oh, someone awesome. likes the show. <laughs> <laughs> so I should stop talking about me because it's going to be impossible to cut a clip for this later if I don't <laughs> shut up. Okay. So post pandemic, do you mm -hmm. are, do you have a mic right now? Did you go back to Pine Box or anything? Um, I took a long break and then I run a mic with. Uh, right now I'm at Pine Box six fifteen on Thursdays, mm. Growing Pains with Divya. It's uh, fine. It's good. It's nice. great. It's a Pine Box mic. <laughs> bucket mic or no? Um, it is a bucket mic. Divya runs. You know, Divya's booked and busy. Yeah. Divya is one of the most talented, smartest, beautiful people I know. She was on the show. Thank God. I'll have to listen to that episode. <laughs> it, was it was good. <laughs> yeah. She's so um, what I like to tell people is Divya and I co-host and one of us will be there. <laughs> <laughs> and it'll be you? And it will. Well, no, sometimes it's Divya. Okay. And sometimes it's neither of us. Yeah. So, you know. Get us while you can. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, it'd be funny if if people asked you like, "Oh, is there a bucket mic?" And you're like, "Yeah," and you're like, "But Divya does the rigging." <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. A bucket for me. It's not for another person. <laughs> no, famously, we're the last honest bucket mic in Brooklyn. <laughs> I, like that. I like that. I love an honest bucket. We love an honest bucket. It's uh for dude coming into 
Moving to New York City uh, and coming into bucket mics yeah. was devastating for me. Totally. Yeah, bucket, yeah. air quotes. Because uh, they're so rigged. So rigged. So rigged. And now it's like, my mic is literally chronological. You show up, you go up in the order that you showed up. Yeah. Because you want to show up to the locked, tiny cupboard like an hour beforehand? No. You're going right. to show up 10 minutes before the mic starts, which is right. an appropriate time. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah. And I like that because it just like, no one feels bad. No, everyone's There's no feelings like, hurt. Yeah, I got here 20 minutes late. I'll go last. And also, once you've been long enough in comedy, you know if a bucket is true or not because you know who's friends with who. And exactly. You're like, and it's, oh, this person's name is getting drawn first every week. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're first grouping every week. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> but there are people who are like, oh, but people come up and they say they got a show to get to, yeah. another thing to get to, and then they have to go up early. And I'm like, I don't respect. No. I don't respect no. that. I'm like, you know, you got something else to do? Well, right. you should have uh, planned your day Thought better. about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go to a mic where there's only four people, okay? <laughs> Are you running a show now or no? Um, I do. I run uh, with Matthew Albino. We run a show called Doma, the show. Doma? Doma, Defensive Marriage Act. Um, <laughs> so the premise is uh, the first show we got married live on stage. The second show we got divorced. And the third show... Is that you know, a monthly or a weekly or? It is kind of a sporadic when when we can. Gotcha. <laughs> Theoretically, okay. it should be monthly. It's kind of a you got to follow the account and see when it's happening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. How what yeah. was the what was the wedding like on stage? The wedding was really fun. We had a veil. We had those little cannon confetti oh, cannons. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had so we submitted to newsletters and I never said it was a real wedding in my submission oh no every single newsletter rewrote our little blurb to be like watch these two comedians get uh, like watch their comedy show and watch them get married live on stage like parentheses yes really <laughs> and i was just like this is so funny so we had people show up who were so confused at what was happening uh but i think ultimately they got the bit <laughs> damn i should do that for real though <laughs> yeah you should because let me tell you a wedding draws a crowd <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll have one uh, shitty comedy show wedding. We'll have like the, the yes. real family one. Then we'll have one goof off. Like, yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the publicity. You for know? the publicity. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's sick though. Do you do anything? Do you do any gimmicks with the performers or who you book? Or is it all just um, you and Matt fucking around in character while people do other stuff? Yeah. It's mostly me and Matt <laughs> fucking around because we didn't want to put the pressure on comedians mm. to try to figure out what was happening. Gotcha. <laughs> because also there's the gimmick going of like, Oh, this is a gay marriage, but like it's it's a lesbian and a gay man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. We didn't want to we didn't want comics to feel like they had to uh, contribute yeah. to that. <laughs> Did the newsletters also be? Were they also like these comedians are getting divorced on stage tonight? Yeah. So the second one was oh like. God watch them get divorced <laughs> and the next one's gonna be like watch them have a custody battle yes. over kids <laughs> uh, that's what I was gonna say next dude the turmoil the yeah. ups, ups the downs custody battle royale it's gonna mm. be good <laughs> have this uh, have this estranged family this estranged family are having a reunion on stage yeah. find out what the father did yeah <laughs> tonight <laughs> not a good family drama that no one's tapping into in the live comedy market yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he watches her his ex-wife cheat on him on stage <laughs> with a woman exclamation points <laughs> yes that's dope yeah what uh so in comedy uh what are what would you say your initial like strengths were 
initially, like yeah. very, very beginning. Yeah. Or like when I actually started getting good. <laughs> what, are the thing, what are the things that you are the best at just kind of innately with stand up? Um, something that Carolyn told me is that I'm uh, really good. Carolyn was the teacher mm -hmm. that I had uh, really good at comfort being comfortable with silences on stage. Don't see it. Wow. No, I just remember that was one of her feedback pieces for me where she was just like, you know, most that's usually the thing that yeah. most people take the longest to get okay with. And yeah. I have this one joke uh where I hold the silence for incredibly long and then like it usually eventually gets a second laugh because mm -hmm. I'm just like looking at people. And uh, she was just like, that's a skill that like usually takes people years to learn. And I've always just been like so fine. Dope. I cannot. Staring at people on stage. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> I'm such a fill the space person. Like, yeah. If it gets a laugh, I'll take a break. But if it doesn't, I'm going. Yeah. I'm going. And I think uh, I'm so grateful that I had that skill early on because I didn't have crowd working skill. Mm. So I was really bad early on. And if a joke bombed, saving it. But yeah. because I'm good, I was good at like just kind of looking at people until mm. I got a laugh again. That was how my crutch for like saving jokes that were bombing. <laughs> were you just never uncomfortable with the silence? Were you just fine? No, I just on stage? think I just love silence on stage. Whoa. It's so powerful. I think it like <laughs> some punchlines just get so much better mm. if you just let them sit for a second. Um that yeah, I think it's a it's a it's a fun skill. Whoa. It's, I'll have to yeah. try that out. That yeah, sounds really it's interesting. Great. It's good. Good time. Shut up sometimes. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> just you know, let everybody hang out. <laughs> I had a dream I had uh, 50 Cent on this podcast and I was going to ask him a question and I was like, so I had like this thing happen. I noticed you have something similar in your life. Would you mind talking about that? And he goes, yeah. would you shut up, man? Ah! Uh, yeah. So I've had anxiety dreams about podcasting with celebrities. But He's like, I came here to talk. I don't know what you're doing here. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So being good at silence. That's actually really cool. I like that a lot. Do you have any... Like, what are your tips for that? Do you, if, if someone was trying that out, would you just say like, just figure out where the silence goes? Or do you have like a, an idea of when to put it that works out better? Is it a I, pre or post punchline thing? I think, I guess it could be either. I think I primarily use it post punchline. I think I use it mostly in jokes where I'm quoting what someone has said to me. And usually uh, those yeah. jokes take a second for people to click in their mind what the joke is. There you go. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So those are ones where I see a lot of comics. They'll say like, oh, my friend said this insert crazy thing to me. And yeah. then it doesn't get an immediate laugh. They immediately jump into another joke. But usually if you just let it sit mm. and like you say it, you're like, they said this. And then like it's almost the silence is like a cue to the audience of like, oh, that's a punchline. And then they think about it. And then the laugh is usually bigger. Whoa. Okay. Because they, you know, all that, kind of realize it at the same time. I like that a lot. And also when you said that, I was like thinking, I was like, where would I put silence in my set? And I have a joke where someone's I'm quoting someone. Yeah. And it's literally, literally I had like the I was in Midtown. There's like this elder, not elderly, but like this couple in their 60s. Right. They're walking yeah. around. I'm just outside the, the, the show just waiting for like Lee to come down. And this couple walks by and uh, the woman says to the husband, she goes, how do we get back to the hotel from here? And he goes, I think we can go this way. What have we got to lose? And like sometimes that gets a laugh. <laughs> but my my thing is like right away I go, what have we got to lose? Like 
my first thought is, should I murder them? Yeah. Like, but like sometimes I notice the what have we got to lose gets a laugh because people understand where I'm going. It's like, right. you're in the middle of New York City and you're like, what have you got to lose? Like, right. dog, everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. No, you should totally do a silence there because yeah. even if the silence doesn't get a laugh then, I think that silence builds anticipation for you then saying the joke of like, should I murder you? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, try that silence, out powerful tool. Powerful. <laughs> uh, podcasting, silence, terrible tool. Terrible okay. tool. You do not want that on a podcast. <laughs> Be real. If I'm over there in that engineering booth, and you got four seconds of dead air time. I am clenching yeah. my teeth. I'm like, this, yeah. the listeners are going to hate this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm also, I think, comfortable with silences in real life. And I think mm. so bad on a first date. Yeah. You, I got to stop just letting things sit. <laughs> That's like one of the, that's like you're the way you like victimize people. Yeah. Is you let them dig yeah. their own grave with your silence. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Totally. And that's another great thing to do. <laughs> that's like that's like how you bully Lucas all the time. <laughs> okay, everyone's always like Tina bullies Lucas. And it's like, no, I don't. <laughs> I mean he, he has he likes, he has fun with it, but you definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we're editing this out. <laughs> no, no. Now we're now we're now we're gonna tell Lucas that we name dropped him in this episode, but we won't tell him when. So many times. It's an hour and fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lucas, you feel dumb for listening all the way through? Yeah, you feel dumb. How about you share this on your Instagram sc- story, dummy? Huh? Dang, I just bullied him right after I said I didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like that. I like the sitting in silence. I. First date, probably not a good idea. No, I got to say there's a time and a place. And so I'm good at silence. I'm not good at knowing when to use it all the time. (laughs) I got to cut it out sometimes. Yeah, Tina's got this loaded gun of silence and just (laughs) shoot it everywhere. (laughs) It is. Here's what I'll say. And I'm not even just talking about Lucas, but like you or anyone. It's so fun when someone does like a funny impression and then you're like, do it, again. <laughs> do it again and you just like wait and then they just like do it over and over <laughs> there was <laughs> my thing is sometimes i'll pretend i don't hear people yeah and i'll say yes what, <laughs> what? or i'll ask like or i'll pretend i don't know what an obvious thing is yes like, they'll say a word to me and be like what what are you talking about? What are you talking? What the hell is that? I, or when someone does something like a st- something that makes them like stupid when they're like moving, I love to be like, wait, what? I miss it. What'd you just do? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> masterful conversation troll. <laughs> yeah. How about we rebrand my quote bullying as just conversation troll? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I there was a, there was like a couple weeks in college where I decided to be funny if anyone apologized to me to be like, say it again. Yes. Wait, that's so funny. I'm going to use that. People do not like it. And it's like, if you mean it, you'll say it again. The, the thing is, like, I was using it people when they, like, do, like, little, you know, when people just, like, apologize for, like, little stuff. Like, oh, like, they're squeezing yeah. past you or, like, yeah. they, like, draw, oh, sorry, say it again. Like, say whoa, it again. this got really serious really fast. But <laughs> I don't do that anymore because I was not getting a laugh out of it. Ah, that's fair. Well, would you yeah. say, because it sounds like we're almost kind of similar. Okay. And I would say <laughs> along the trolling route, like, I do think, like, roasting is like a love language for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh wherein like the the trolling and everything is all light-hearted yeah well-intentioned <laughs> <laughs> my problem is that so like, much love behind it <laughs> i would do the the what 
thing like so much yeah. like, wait what is that so much that i realized people were like over explaining things to me <laughs> they're like oh he's dumb <laughs> he's dumb he doesn't get it i'm like shit he's a terrible listener but then earnestly in conversation <laughs> uh when i have to ask what because i didn't hear something and you say it three times i want to kill myself yeah like it's yeah. the worst yes. i literally was like had something like at work and a, a customer asked me a question where he had an accent i did not get it three times in a row and i was like Fuck. and one of my coworkers really yelled at me he was like he's asking this and i was like i'm so sorry yeah. thank you i just didn't those situations yeah that those are awkward and my brain literally couldn't and uh i'm an idiot now. yes <laughs> yeah do you watch tv with subtitles on yeah now i do yeah it's great it's the best. But you got to get those in real life. I went to uh, Alamo Draft House and we saw Eternals Ooh. there back when that movie was a thing people would go to see. And uh, they had subtitles on in the theater. That's kind of rare. It was really cool. I was like, this is this Fox. Because like, interesting. You know, the sound Are those, like, is special never special screenings? Right. They I don't know. The... It was wow. whatever one I bought tickets for had subtitles. Sweet. So... I was like, I've never seen a movie in theaters with subtitles. I think ever. Yeah, I, maybe they just like realize that people want that. And then maybe totally. they probably realize that people seeing movies are not all native English speakers, too. Like, right. Or foreign films. Yeah. Where it's people who speak English, but it's another language. Yeah. 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 I love the English in Squid Game. Did yeah. You, yeah. When it's like, like, it's clearly Koreans writing English. And you're like, how do they find these guys to play these guys who don't speak English? Because it sounds so unnatural. Right. Like, There's a. Comic who, man, I want to say her name, but I can't remember what it is. But she did a TikTok series where she was doing the correct translations. Oh, Young Me Mayor. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, which was a, such a fun series mm -hmm. because it was like, yeah, wow, those are <laughs> really different. It's like, I don't know. the I'm so aware of like translation loss that yeah. it almost feels bad. Like watching shows where like, I mean, I've watched, I'm not a huge anime fan. Okay, let's get this clear right now. But I've watched enough anime that I can hear when they say a word that they're like mistranslating into something else. Like the big one is whatever word they use for a shit or damn or fuck always yeah. is like the same word. But in a recent one I watched, they translated it as turd. And I'm like, that's silly because I say turd all the time. But like, <laughs> I know it's supposed to be meaner than that. Like, yes, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so subtitles in theaters, yeah. Very Incredible. good. Very we good. Get on that. Love it. Yeah. I love being able to understand things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Game changer. I watched a movie without words last night uh, with some friends. We watched Mad God. Have you heard about this? Never heard about this. It's kind of like a, a gross horror experimental film, but this guy spent 30 years working on it. He worked on Star Wars, Jurassic oh Park. Oh, my God. Park and he uh it's all most of it is stop motion animation okay. so it's like an hour and a half and probably like an hour and 10 minutes of it is stop motion and it's all like all these crazy effects it's like really gruesome and gross Whoa. and artsy but the the subtitle was just literally three like hashtags and it was like we were all like should we turn that off like because just <laughs> <Yeah>. there's nothing <laughs> to be said <laughs> right <laughs> it's also nice to be able to talk during a movie and not miss anything crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was i will say uh you remember a quiet place when that yeah, came out yeah. and everyone was like there are no like it's all closed captions <laughs> 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 that was a that was a dope one that was good yeah big big cultural moment same yeah. with bird box when you're like same with bird box mm. i'm just so glad that like for the longest time americans just would not read and now I'm so glad that subtitles are like catching on. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I remember like 
my dad or my stepdad watched all of One Punch Man with me season one because I was just watching it one day. It's a great show. He sat down next to me during episode two and he watched it the whole thing subtitled. We get to the end. The he beats the guy shows over and he goes, that was really cool. But I wish it was in English. I was like, that was an option the whole time. We oh could have watched God. the dub the whole time. But <laughs> I'm glad you rocked with the subs. <laughs> <laughs> my stepdad is subs not dubs uh, <laughs> love that love that <laughs> okay so we're kind of we got a little bit of time left um because we're just killing time like crazy but nice. i like what you said about silences you said that crowd work was the thing you had to grow into totally how are yeah. you feeling about crowd work at this point in your career okay i feel a lot better, a lot better. um i feel a lot better I've failed at crowd work a lot more now. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of like the worst has already happened. What was, what were crowd work fails? What is that? What does a crowd work fail look like in your opinion? Oh, God. A crowd work fail to me is when you really are spending so much time, like you're digging into a person's life and just can't seem to find a laugh. Yeah. And then, um, you know, you kind of just have to be like, Okay, next person, I guess. Like, <laughs> which, like, in and mm. of itself, can be a joke. But yeah. I feel like, yeah, if I, I when I reach a point, I I feel like I've spent like two minutes on someone, and then just been like, I can't think of it. Like, there's nothing happening here. Rough. Where, yeah, brutal. Two and minutes those is a are the long bombings. time. Yeah, yep, yep, those are the bombings. But I, now I think I'm a lot better. <laughs> I feel like there's something there where it's like someone once told me like crowd work is for like listening you know so like you ask yeah. them a question that can spur a little bit more of response than a one word answer totally and then you don't have to jump to a joke right away you can that ask, makes sense you can ask another connecting question yeah i think if you ask like a superficial question of what do you do for work and then you can think of a connecting opinion question yes you can get so you no matter what opinion they have you can shit on them right so. right <laughs> another thing that i learned that a lot of people do is um i've gotten a lot better like uh people will connect the crowd work and then like seamlessly connect it into their bit oh yeah yeah which is beautiful Cheat and code. i think yeah yeah, yeah. right and I'm, <laughs> when i once i learned that i was like oh that's how you use crowd work as like a warm-up yeah. <laughs> to then do your set i literally every time i do the korean spa joke about valentine's day i ask if there's couples in the crowd nice. find the couples ask how long they've been dating yeah how they meet like what you do for Valentine's Day. Yeah. If they do like big Valentine's Days, I make fun of them. If they do small Valentine's Days, I make fun of them. I'm just like, <laughs> you can't win. I make yeah. the compete. Whoever had like one time in an audience, I talked to this couple, married 30. They've been together 30 years. Whoa. Everyone like we like, clapped, we're like, oh my God, what do you guys do? And they're really sweet and all this. We got to laugh. And I go to this other couple, how many you guys been together? They go, 31 years. And I go, oh. fuck you guys. And the whole crowd was like, yeah. Like, <laughs> But then once you, I'm, I'm out of talking to couples, I go, yeah, so this year is the first year a girl has ever done anything for me for Valentine's Day. And we did this and I do nice. the joke and it's like a seamless like whoop, yes. up and away. You right. Know? Which is, I think, like when I learned that, I was just like, oh, key unlocked. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like you can do that for almost any joke. Any joke you any can joke. do that for. Yeah. And also, I think it's so funny to talk to people in the audience after you do a set like that yeah. because they'll be like, it's crazy that you came up with that in the moment. Yeah. It's like, nah, babe. <laughs> Yeah, that was also carefully thought out. Yeah, and also like crowd work is the perfect time to do bits that you don't want to write a whole joke for. Yes, you can ask a question. Someone yes. will say something like, "Oh, I have this thing in the database that doesn't go anywhere right. else." Right here, you go. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, huge. Love that. What did you What did you do? Were you just experimenting at like shows, or were you trying mics? Or I feel like there was a period pre-pandemic 
And a little bit post-pandemic where I was getting booked on a lot of the sort of bar shows where you show up in a back room and it's yeah. kind of like awkward and there's like only two to five people. <laughs> and the crowd work Thunderdome. That's that, that I was going to say that is where <laughs> you live and die by crowd work. Yeah. And that is, <laughs> let me tell you, you will learn to do crowd work well so fast there because your life depends on it. Yeah. <laughs> like truly. That was literally how me and David Dobbins just learned crowd work. Just yes. One year of weekly two virgins. Yeah. We got five people here. Let's include them. Let's do yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> because I think you're right that, uh, you know, bigger shows that are like, you know everything's good that's where you want to do your rehearsed material and it's not mm -hmm. that crowd work wouldn't th work there right but just like you know you got to figure it out yeah like yeah. the time to try crowd work and get good at it really is when it's like barely anyone's here to see this yeah. <laughs> i feel like i always wanted to do like when i was kind of starting to do crowd work before i like started two versions with david which was like the breakthrough moment yeah i was only getting booked maybe once a month maybe once every other month just yeah. doing mics people knew me but i wasn't getting booked mm -hmm. so it'd be like oh like claire and Brittany put me on drool and i cannot bomb because i respect them and this is a great show yeah. so i literally can't practice and if there's a moment <laughs> if i try the crowd work and it's not even biting i'm just gonna whip out of there and go to my material like i can't right. spend any time on this and when you especially at your own show yeah. You can fuck up so bad your own show. And it's yeah. fine. It's yeah. your show. <laughs> no one's going to know. He, when, you're not like, going to lose the spot. <laughs> yeah. It was It was a time for me. It was like every show I'm on, this is a show I have to impress at because I don't yeah. get booked enough right now. You right. Know? Right. But I'm also like this guy. <laughs> so <laughs> not surprised he doesn't get booked a lot. Who books me the most? Dan Wicks. Uh, Hell yeah, <laughs> Hell Dan. Yeah. Fellow white guy. I love Dan. Dan, shout out to you if you're listening. <laughs> he is not listening, but he was on an episode of this. So that's great. Back when we had audio only. So well, go back. We talk about roast battles and it's good. That's good. Okay. Well, I'll clip this myself and send it to him. Yeah. <laughs> you will tell him we mentioned him on yeah. hour and 20 ma 28 minutes in nice. the episode. Nice. <laughs> we can name drop Lucas again. You know who sucks at roasting? Fucking Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I can say anything now that I'm like publicly accused of being a bully. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, last thing I want to ask you specifically is like, how do you, what's your writing process like? Are you a sit and writer? Or are you just like a come up with it during conversation? Or are you like go for a walk, Ooh. think of something? What do you, what's your content generation like? Yeah. I know this is like a, a cop-out answer but it's like everything all the above you know like I think when conversations mm -hmm. huge you're yeah. something out in a conversation it's like a one line and then I'll like take a walk thinking about it mm. longer a bit start really pacing that's yeah. when I do all my like tight writing <laughs> okay yeah and then like yeah you like satire writing that's I'm sitting down doing that yeah that's fair because that requires that <laughs> I noticed I like you they say you come up with the best ideas doing the most monotonous things totally when i used to lifeguard in college i would mm -hmm. think of great ideas for shit and by the time yeah. i got on break i couldn't write it down i'd forget because it's so really yeah. good on break. and now that thing for me is riding my bike when i ride my bike places i have great ideas yes and then i'm like well i can't stop and pull out my phone right like, so. whenever someone wants to like you know you meet up with someone and they're like let's run jokes by each other I have to have a fidget toy in my hand or mm. I like can't give them good feedback. <laughs> That's an interesting one. I yeah. like that a lot. 
Yeah. I, uh, that's a good idea, actually. I um, It helps me so much. <laughs> at my first engineering job, I literally bought a set of like building toys for one of our meeting rooms because we'd all be nice. sitting there on the phone. Just like yeah. everyone would just be like drawing on their thing or just sitting there. Like yeah. nothing to look at. Just conference call. I was like, what if we had like fidget toys. things? To <laughs> yeah. People made cool ones. So, <laughs> But I like that. The fidget thing to get like the writing juices flowing. Yeah. I should bust yeah. out the Legos. That, Do it. Yeah. Oh, that's really good. That would yeah. be good. That's interesting though. I like that because it's it's kind of like a it's like a meditative thing. Yeah. Right. Hmm. I have to think about that. Yeah, think about it. Because I need to, I need to write more. I'm trying to write a joke a day, even if they're not good. Nice. Which is the nice. first step into writing every day. People totally, say. Totally. Totally. So um, totally. My latest one is uh, the one from uh, a day ago. Was uh, there's a lot of Hasidic Jews in Home Depot. What are they building? <laughs> And there's the silence. silence. Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is that I think they're building another rocket to Mars, but this one is shaped like a strimal, like the their big furry hats, you know? <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> but what a masterful use of a silence. Masterful use of silence. Yeah. Maybe that's the end of the joke. Just yeah, like, just do you guys just, notice how comfortable I am with silence? <laughs> notice how comfortable I am with like like gentle anti-Semitism. <laughs> yeah. Say it on stage. What are they building? And they're like, what is he up to? <laughs> what does, does he, he have, mean? Does he have a problem? <laughs> no, I got no problem. Uh, but that but yeah. So you I kind of do the same. I'm like, just go yeah. about the day, write like a sentence in the phone, right. figure it out later. Yeah. Yeah. Because I do feel like the most I feel like coming up with the actual content subject matter mm-hmm. way harder than working out. I like I can write a punchline in my spe- in my sleep, you know, like. Whoa. Well, you. I feel like we all can. We all know how to write a joke. Yeah. It's like, well, what's the joke gonna be about? <laughs> and that I think is. Yeah. That stresses me out way more. <laughs> I, I a lot of times I feel like I have like, the like the cusp of like premise punchline. Yeah. And then it's like the final punchline piece is like missing and the beginning oh, premise piece yeah. is missing. I love tags. Like tags. Yes. Oh my god, I love that. I could. I have like multiple jokes where I've been doing them for years mm. and like just continually adding new tags to them. I think tags are such a fun way to like update a joke over Very the years. Very cool. I yeah. like that. I don't, I'm not a tag guy. Not a tag guy. I just no. like that. I can give people tags, but I don't think of tags for myself. I yeah, don't know. that's fair. I, that's fair. I need to, I need to fundamentally overhaul my writing style. I think <laughs> I need to, I need to do something else. So <laughs> <laughs> I love that this podcast, you're like, it's for the listeners. And I was like, no, this is for you, Max. I feel like you're me. trying to, yeah, I get it. Every time <laughs> I'm, trying to, tips. I'm trying to dig and dig deeper. Yeah. John Moskowitz had some awesome advice, but also he's so dedicated. I'm like, maybe the advice I'm getting from this episode is I should quit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> same with like Daniel Parafan. I was like, amazing advice. Very cool. Yeah. It sounds like I should keep going and change nothing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, they were both fucking awesome. But like, the, yeah, like tags and like little things sometimes I have that but like I don't actively think about I guess I never like I should just go through my jokes and like try to like highlight like this is this premise this is the punchline this is a tag yeah maybe should try to break it up geometrically maybe yeah I don't know very engineer of you yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so we're we're kind of at our time here and this is the final question I ask everybody what do you love about stand-up comedy Ooh. I love so much about stand-up comedy. I love... This doesn't have to be one word, does it? No. Okay. Do you like how I changed the want. question that you huh? asked? <laughs> what? I do like that I tried to make the question harder. <laughs> 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 like, give one word. 
Um, I love the live aspect of it. Mm. I love... uh, I think I'm someone who... I love watching comedy shows Mm. to this day still. Like, I'm not, like, burned out of them. Uh, I love that the same set can be so different from show to show. Mm. And, like, you get crowd work. You get, like... I love the live aspect of, like, this isn't replicable, even though it's all pre-written. Right. Uh, I think that's awesome. It's, Um, like, an inside joke for the night. Yeah. I'm so into that. That's the best. My, like... I don't like watching specials. I like being at a show yes. and watching the clusterfuck happen. I was like, going to say, like, yeah, it's great that there are specials because, like, now I can watch shows that I wasn't at. But, God, you just can't beat being there live. Like, even when I'm wa- when I'm watching a film special, I'm so aware of what I'm missing by not having yeah. been there live. <laughs> when people are like, oh, go support live comedy. If you're just a home viewer, you're like, whatever. But, like, right. if you go to comedy shows and sit somewhere near the front, Mostly, you're going to have a fucking awesome time. And if you don't, you're going to have a weird story to talk about. Right. They're so fun. I love it. I I mean, that's one of the things I miss about having the weekly show is just the shit storm. Weird people. Audience, no audience. Oh, they got this thing that's weird. We got these problems. Yeah. People have no idea how hard it is to run a stand-up show for a night. Yeah. It's really hard. But, like, the joy of it is, like... You pulled it off. You can go totally off script and have a great time. If everyone has fun, you win. You know? Exactly. So yeah, nothing good. ever goes to plan on a stand-up show. Nothing. I think <laughs> never, never. And you, my pet peeve, people showing up on time. Okay, it drives me fucking crazy. I don't know if you're a late person or an early person, but your like, pet peeve is when people show up on oh, time. When they don't show up on time. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, that's crazy. It's like for me, I'm like, you mean to tell me there are people who are getting booked on shows who yeah. don't show up for 45 minutes after the show starts? Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Get there on time. Just yeah. be there on time or be 10 minutes late, but mostly be there on time. Right. Right. People are busy and sometimes they got shit going on, but it's like, that's the worst part of producing is being like, well, we're supposed to start in 10 minutes, but there's not no, no one's here. here. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah. I was on a show the other night where they started a full hour late because not a single comic was there. And I was like, that's just kind of with incredible. audience, huge audience. Yeah. Unforgivable. So funny. Unforgivable. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap it up there. Tina, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. This is a a pleasure. We'll sit in silence. Do you want to tell people where they can find you? Oh, I thought we were going to do the silence. (laughs) (laughs) You started it, and I was like, well, I just said I wasn't good at this, so I can't talk. Um, Yeah, I'm on the socials at WNBA Wife everywhere, except for TikTok. I'm at WNBA GF girlfriend. Because wife was taken. <laughs> Had to take a step down on that platform. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And then if you follow me, you know, I'll post about my shows because they're not uh, consistently scheduled. <laughs> yep. So follow Tina everywhere, guys. Yeah. Her links are going to be in the episode description. Go check her out. Once again, if you enjoyed this, share it on your Instagram story. Follow the YouTube channel. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.